0: Ma, Auntie
1: Valerie. Auntie Rhonda, Mommy Renee. Go ahead and skip this episode. Mm -hmm. This ain't the one for you. No, Mm -mm. not at all. So just be proud that you've raised sex positive, feminist women. Thank you so much. Welcome to another episode of Pod Club, the podcast about podcasts for people who listen to a lot of them. I'm Lauren and
0: I'm Brittany and we're cousins who took our obsession with podcasts and started a club. So join us.
1: Hey Brittany girl. Hi Lauren. I know we
0: usually do small talk but I gotta be honest it's my favorite topic and I just
1: want us to get into it. (laughs) Girl I'm following your lead. Let's do it. it. Go for it. Go for it. Listener Lauren and I are both sex positive girlies. Mm -hmm. So we must be feeling some type of way this year because this is our second Sexy Pod in 2024.
0: Let's talk about clips, baby. Let's talk about you and me. <laughs> Submitted for the approval of iClub. Private Parts Unknown, The Vagina Whisperer. We bring to you a podcast from the Pleasure Podcast Network hosted by Courtney Kosak, who brings on expert guests for her podcast, Private Parts Unknown, which is a Bourdain style podcast exploring sex, love, relationships, gender, and seductive subcultures around the world. I love that idea of a Bourdain style sex podcast.
1: Yeah. And then around, around the, world. the
0: world. Everybody's doing it, honey. So, on this particular episode called The Vagina Whisperer on Orgasms, Endometriosis, and clitoral misconceptions, she speaks with Dr. Amir Murashi, who's a cosmetic gynecologist. He works with patients with endometriosis and victims of genital mutilation. So he's truly doing the Lord's work out here. And he's a huge advocate for women's right to pleasure, which we stand. I love We stand, we absolutely stand. (laughs) So let's get right to it. What were your first impressions of this
1: podcast episode? So I'm not gonna lie, when I first, I rewinded it a couple of times because I was like, hold on, this is a man. This is a a male doctor. What is he gonna tell me about anything? That was my, I'll admit that was an assumption.
0: I mean, that is an absolutely fair assumption. Don't apologize because what can a man tell me? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean he, you then there's that he can
0: surprise me but I'm going into it <laughs> I, I'm going into it thinking you can't tell me nothing
1: I mean okay so then I'm gonna stick to it I'm gonna stand on business regarding that I was very apprehensive at first but as I listened to it more intently I could hear the passion and what he was talking about he's well-knowledged in this field and so I appreciated this conversation So I did like it. It was very informative. Again, he's doing the Lord's work. And so is this podcast. It's doing the Lord's work. And I like it.
0: So I've been listening to Private Parts Unknown for quite a while. I don't remember how I came onto it, but I like even Courtney Kozak's voice. She kind of has this performative voice. I don't know if that's how she speaks in her regular life, but it lends itself to talking about sex, you know? Not that Mm. she's putting on necessarily in this seductive girl six kind of way, but Mm. it's melodic enough to feel like, oh, okay, I'm listening. What are we talking about? And (laughs) in the same vein of her talking about pleasure... We learn so much about the different layers of what pleasure looks like. You can learn about it from Mm -hmm. an anatomy perspective. You can learn about it from a historical perspective and a how-to perspective. Even down Mm -hmm. to their sponsors and advertisers, you just, I mean, it's a good podcast for sexual education, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was very detailed and I will agree, I did like her voice. And maybe a part of it is the act. Like you're talking about sex, you want people to get comfortable in that type of space. Um, it was my first time listening to it, but I, I've I've downloaded it on my uh, podcast playlist. So this will be a consistent listen. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's It's definitely not a podcast for The Prude, but I even invite The Prude to come mm-hmm. and listen to... Maybe this episode is not the one for you, but this episode, though, is called The Vagina Whisperer, and you're automatically thinking about it from a purely pleasure standpoint. There's a lot of political stuff he's talking about in there. There's a lot of historical stuff that he talks about, he being Amir, Dr. Amir Mirashi, that he talks about in the podcast that is more than just sex talk. So whenever yeah. I think about this podcast or when we're going into this episode, I think about Andy and Naomi from Couples Therapy. <laughs> because naomi is sex neg and sex negative and andy Mm. is sex neutral but you and i Mm. are sex positive girlies absolutely absolutely so you know the topic of the first topic of the podcast is orgasms so i want to talk about orgasms and clitoral anatomy which i feel is this mystery what i found interesting Is that doctors don't learn about clitoral anatomy. They leave medical school and they have no idea about this part of the female body.
1: Mm, no, not at all. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I came across this TikTok yesterday where she was saying that just in the recent years, they've just started studying how, I think she said, like how tampons affect or impact your period. Like in the recent years, we're just now delving into. The human anatomy or the, the female reproductive system. And that's extremely scary to me because what are we doing? We're, we're, you we're consider,
0: in a patriarchy. That's what we're doing.
1: Yes, correct. And even when you consider pregnancy, like the treatment for it, yes, they're, they know it to a degree, but you can't fully test it, right? Because you can't, you can only say, well, you can't eat this, but I can't test you because then there's a risk of harming you and the mm-hmm. baby, right? So, how practical are these practices really when it comes to female anatomy? That's the scary part for me.
0: Well, we know that gynecology is rooted in patriarchy and even worse racism. The father of gynecology did all kinds of tests on black women with no anesthetics, no care for the pain involved or the damage that was being done. So gynecology is rooted in itself and all things wrong. Right. Mm. And so what I liked about this episode is the brief moment. It literally starts the podcast talking about the history of why we don't know shit about the clitoris. People don't even like saying the word. Like when they hear it, they're like, ah, uh, cringe. Can't yeah. say it. Can't say it.
1: But it's it's my body though. It's on my more body. More than half of the population. Yeah. More
0: than half of the population. So when I when he starts out, who do we have to blame here? It's fuck ass Sigmund Freud. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> who was very much a weirdo very much like when you read on his theory even when I learned about it in school I'm like hold on this is this doesn't sound right and y'all have this in the textbooks this does this sounds very odd and strange and it's making me uncomfortable honestly Freud
0: is so problematic it, it literally knows no end I did not know that he's he's the person who who promoted the idea that clitoral orgasms were immature orgasms, meaning the only ones that are worth discussing that are real are vaginal orgasms?
1: You and how would you even know that? And didn't the world just start when he, when he was <laughs> here? What did you all know? <laughs> but the thing is, in, in the Gray's Anatomy book,
0: Doctor Murashi says that. The clitoris was a part of Gray's Anatomy, but the second mm. Freud brought in this idea that this kind of orgasm is an immature orgasm, the only one that matters is vaginal, they got it out of all studies. And it completely destroyed any research or any discovery about the clitoris for
1: almost 100 years, he says. That's extremely odd to me because it's a body part. Like, every single body part has a function.
0: Oh, but it's a female body part.
1: Okay, well, you got me there.
0: Does this really matter?
1: Wow. Ah, okay, I'm following. So, if you're, if it's only vaginal orgasms that is true, that means... You need a man. That it's the exactly. Yep.
0: Exactly. Even though... Wow. How short-sighted are you? If, if, exactly. Even if that is what you're saying is the only way, you think fingers can't go up there? <laughs> you think... I mean, because... Like, you're an idiot, but it was promoting vaginal intercourse by way of penetration. That's the whole point of Mm, that. Wow. So when we talk about the clitoris is political, Mm. it is political.
1: She's here to stay.
0: (laughs) It's political. People have tried to destroy it. Genital mutilation is very real, traumatizing, even hearing stories about it, seeing images of babies being mutilated in that way. Some of them permanently, some of them, they can be surgically healed from it, Yeah, the clitoris is political. Pleasure for women is political. And mm-hmm. i that's what I love about the work that he's doing. He gets a lot of critics and they're like, oh, you're gonna lose your license. You're gonna this, you're gonna that. And like you in the beginning, yeah, it is apprehensive. It's like, why is this man doing this? But as you hear his passion and you pay mm-hmm. attention to his work and his female partner, that helps in Mm -hmm. being a pioneer in this space. You're like, if it requires an ally of a man to be a vocal part of getting education around women's pleasure, then so be it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So be it. Yeah, that was my thought process too, listening to his passion about it. Because like you said, that's what allyship is and that it's the key example of using your privilege For the better good, right? Because they won't listen to us, especially Black women, yeah. right? But I'm glad that he's doing the work, and I'm glad that people are having these type of conversations because I think at this point, we're way past not needing to talk about this. Like, it, at this point, it's got to be on the table because we're learning so much because of social yeah. media, right? We can't just push it to the side anymore. I, I think anymore. the
0: more female pleasure remains in the shadows, the more deviant behaviors come about, if that makes sense. And I say Mm. deviant, meaning Mm -hmm. non-mainstream, not going about things in ways that might be harmful. It's the same idea, in my opinion, of when you don't give access to abortions as a part of your healthcare system, the results of that are these other methods that people are gonna go about getting what they need. And Mm -hmm. I'm here to stand on business and say that orgasms are a necessity yes. and as you listen to this podcast you learn that they absolutely are
1: they mm-hmm. absolutely
0: yes. are they serve yeah. a function even, to our yes literally. sexual immune system remember we talked about psychological ah, immune system
1: yeah. i see what you did yes. there because didn't he talk about some health risks mm-hmm. pertaining to not having an orgasm yeah i mean he
0: was talking, we'll get to it, but he was talking more specifically about menopausal women and women with endometriosis mm, right. endometriosis, and how sex helps those periods of time mm-hmm. and those diseases. So, you know, sex and orgasms, That these are necessary parts of life that have, and I want to mm-hmm. be clear about this, that have a completely separate function mm. outside of reproduction.
1: I think that's a mic drop moment because- People view sex in a very black and Mm -hmm. white perspective. And we can talk all day about why that is. And I think we can all agree on why that is. So I don't want to go too far into that. But again, I think at this point, this is not a topic to just throw in a closet and close the door. We're way past that at this point. We're also way past viewing women as just these pleasurable objects that you could just Mm -hmm. use whenever you want to. And not for nothing, it's not pleasure if you just taking it. That's it's not It's only how goes. one-sided pleasure. Correct.
0: If Correct. a person, okay, let's just talk male, female. That's the experience that I have. I can't speak on any other sexual orientations or experiences. A man using you to get himself off is almost in its own way over time, if it's not immediately over time, it absolutely is, for lack of better words, soul crushing. Yes. To be used in that way, to be disembodied from your own desires and your own pleasure, only Mm -hmm. to serve as an object for this man's pleasure. And for society to be oriented in that way around men's pleasure and for men to continue to go along that way, it's sick.
1: It's sick and it's scary. scary. When it's scary. Yeah, Bell Hooks, author, may she rest in peace, she talked about this in her book, All About Love. I think she talked about it in Communion, Black People in Love. But she was saying that at the time, she was with this guy who understood the feminist thought process, right? Like he understood equality or equity when it came to women having their place in the workplace. But he totally lost that thought process when it came to the home, right? So at some point, she's like, I'm not your object. If you would like- more sex and what I am providing to you when I want it as well, you might as well go ahead and just entertain some other people. I'll be here though. Like I, it's not, it's no big deal for me. So I I thought that was interesting when she shared that part of her life of, he understood women being equal, but not when it came to the home life. Because our pleasure
0: is not a part of the narrative our, mm-hmm. our pleasure and my mom and I have talked about this before so maybe she can listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> but women's pleasure has always been the villain we are always the problem mm-hmm. for why men are the way they are mm-hmm. we're not equal but mm-hmm. somehow we're so powerful that we can cause them to do all kinds of craziness mm-hmm. so you have to mm-hmm. you know mutilate them they can't don't let them feel that because if they feel that, they're going to be mm. Jezebels. They're going to be they're going to be
1: seductresses.
0: We can't control mm. that. And it's no, you can't control yourself.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which is why I am going to die on this hill. These conversations or criticisms about female rap is annoying mm-hmm. to me because it's on the topic of autonomy, right? And being independent of who you are and expressing your sexuality the way that you see fit. The idea that women are doing that more makes men uncomfortable. So the only way for them to start pushing back and to make women feel small again is to criticize. But it's like, who, do you, who are y'all having sex with then, right? Like you all can rap about spending money and buying all the Birkins and having access to these women, but is that all that? Now that women are responding to that and saying, yeah, I want it too, and this is how I want it. Now it's a problem. Now we're being hypersexual, we're being masculine because we're saying what we want now. Make it make sense. It's never going to make sense because it has always been about
0: male pleasure. They Mm -hmm. don't imagine our pleasure really. Again, we're Mm -hmm. not a part of the narrative, but this is actually a good segue. Let's talk about clitoral anatomy because most people don't know it. Mm -hmm. And maybe we need to put a little picture up, honey, so people can see the whole organ. So when I first, when I moved to San Francisco, that was the first time I saw the anatomy of a clitoris. Your whole existence growing up to some extent, if you do learn early about a clitoris, it's pretty much a dot. That's what you learn underneath the clitoral hood, like a little button. And to this Mm -hmm. day, you will run into a grown man who thinks it's also a dot. (laughs) On some level, no fault of his own because society don't care enough to show anything. And also these images aren't readily available. But if you understand the idea that in the womb, we are the same until one gets pushed out, where do you think those, that sexual organ goes? Do you think the organ only exists once it's a male? Absolutely not. The organ is just expressed differently. So in the same way, and this is what I loved about the, the episode, Dr. Murashi talks about the anatomy and its erectile properties being much deeper and bigger than people even know. And I remember Mm -hmm. learning that for the first time when I was in my early 20s in San Francisco, and it changed my world to Mm -hmm. know how, (laughs) where it all is. And that, and even considering it in Oregon was revolutionary Mm -hmm. for my sexual understanding.
1: Yeah. 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 I love that. Even when I was my freshman year in college, I started off as a bio major, quickly switched (laughs) that, but that's a different story. But I had to take an anatomy class and it was so interesting learning the different body parts. I immediately went to the female reproductive system because I'm like, that's mine. I want to see, I knew what was there, but I just wanted to see what it looked like in a book. And it was the most fascinating segment or section of the book. So it
0: was actually in the book. Mm -hmm. That's great. See, that's progress, I guess, because Mm -hmm. at some point that probably wasn't in the books. Mm -hmm. It wasn't discussed, but I want to talk about some a little bit more personal.
1: Okay. And maybe this is the part
0: where the parents really shouldn't listen. So what, if you're willing to share, what is your relationship okay. to your clitters?
1: Me and her are best friends. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say we talk every time. <laughs> <laughs> she functions very properly. It has certainly been a relationship that I've become more comfortable with. I'm very bashful, so I'm wearing in self pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so that is why I say that we're best friends, because it is my belief. And I could be totally off base, but this is just another hill that I I will certainly die on. I think that the only way to know true pleasure or to know what you like is to self-please. I know that there are cultural aspects to people's apprehensions about that, or they have this thought process that only a person can do that for them but i truly only know pleasure because of self pleasure if that makes sense even when he had talked about like kind of similar to a penis when it's you know when it's aroused it gets longer thicker whatever it gets so does the mm-hmm. clitoris and i learned that too by i will take a mirror and look down there hey girl we good what's going on we're checking down there like i can be my own guy now <laughs> if i would like i'm not going to do the tool but i look down there because i know it's a part of my body i want to make sure that she's okay um so we are certainly best Mm -hmm. friends what about you and your clitoris
0: i am very much an in her body person again i keep being told that's like normal for a taurus i don't know but i'm a very (laughs) in her body person and that includes rooted to the tuda, honey and i've been that way when Mm -hmm. i think about me becoming aware of my clitoris started pretty, I I guess what people would consider pretty young, but I didn't know what it was. It was like, you're on the edge of a couch, you're on a bike and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but I like it. (laughs) But I like it. And not to the point of orgasm or anything like that, but just like something feels interesting Mm -hmm. what's going on there there. something's going on there and so then as you get older you're like oh that's my clitoris but even for Mm -hmm. up until I was fully grown I'm talking 24 25 up until that point I didn't know the anatomy to know that it was a deeper experience because I not that I wasn't having good sex yet I I just had never had an orgasm at that time I've had a long relationship with her of discovering the things and once I learned the anatomy and please guys and gals and they's and them's. Listen to this podcast and how he talks about the anatomy, look up the anatomy of the clitoris and all the erogenous zones that women have so you can make sure you know what's going on. It's a fascinating thing. Once I learned the anatomy, I became almost scientifically interested in my own mm. clitoris. It's, oh, okay, these bulbs. Tell me more. Yeah, It goes all around the vulva? Okay, say more. <laughs> yeah. And then... What was fascinating is that Dr. Murashi and his partner created the protocol for putting an ultrasound on the clitoris while it's aroused during orgasm and all that stuff. We had never before mm-hmm. seen that, where they're measuring the difference between clitoris at rest. Right. Clitoris during arousal and orgasm. And he's saying that the difference was so drastic. It's been published in Sexology and all that stuff. And I plan Mm -hmm. to read it and take a look at that. But I know that without him even saying that, because like you, we're in the mirror, honey. We're in the mirror just for regular, (laughs) making sure everything's okay. And we're in the mirror to see what things look like as things are happening. Uh Because that's a turn on for me. (laughs) And the thing is, I really do think again, talking male, female, I really do think if most guys would understand the science of, they would get interested in it the way they get interested in like sports and tools and building things, yes. because then you're like, yes, huh, I, yes. not everybody is like this, but some people you can see like more drastically It being aroused, you see the change in color, you see a size difference, the swelling, you might even see pulsing when the orgasm is starting or when it's happening. Mm -hmm. And some women squirt. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, how does that not turn you on to want to know more and more?
1: Yes. I'm so glad you said that because one of the notes that I wrote, I don't remember if they used, I'm sure they talked about it. I may have missed it, but I made a note. What you're talking about is like the importance of foreplay. Mm -hmm. People underestimate like it's like getting a car started when your car has been sitting in 20 degree weather. Right. Like you don't just take off. Right. You need that car need to sit for a little bit. It needs to get warm. And now you can go the same for a woman's body. Take your time. If you got somewhere to be, then you don't need to come over here <laughs> because in this moment right here, we take our time. I mean,
0: OK, I won't say you got to take your time every time. because sometimes-, <laughs> sometimes it's just. I but no if word. we got time, but if we got time,
1: take your time. If we got
0: time, take your time. It's an experience, baby.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because even if we're Russian, still be gentle with your girl. Okay. <laughs> like I'm not no rag doll. No. You can just throw around a damn room. That's the one right there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Guys will literally go in. Do you not understand how
1: rough you're being with your fingers? This is not a piano or a damn guitar. Stop it. <laughs>
0: And and poor women, we've been so much in the patriarchy that so many of us yes. aren't vocal, we're not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think this goes mm-hmm. back to what you talk about with self-pleasure, it's such an empowering thing to know what you're mm-hmm. capable of in your own body, what heights you can reach mm-hmm. in your own body, to where when you are with mm-hmm. someone, The bar, baby. Mm -hmm. Either you gonna put the effort in to hit this bar or we not doing this.
1: Anymore. (laughs) Anymore. And it's not even
0: about, I'm not even gonna sit here and say, oh, it's always orgasm all the time. That should be the goal all the time because you can have amazing sex and not have orgasm. correct. But it should always be pleasure, Mm -hmm. always. Yeah. And I live and die on this hill in heterosexual encounters. When you prioritize her pleasure, You're going to reach new heights for yourself when you're just selfish and using that person for your own masturbation or whatever that is, you'll get off fine. If that's the bar you want to hit, if that's the subpar experience Mm -hmm. you want to have. But when you prioritize her pleasure, Mm -hmm. you're going to be like, wow, I didn't even know it was possible to feel this way. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And on top of that, everybody is different, right? So how you may have had your sexual encounter with somebody before is not the same. The next person might not want the same thing. So it's also a matter of creating a safe space for people to express, no, I don't like this, or I prefer it this way. Because if you're going in thinking that everybody could just, you could have sex with the same, with different people the same way, then you're really not interested in learning anything. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you limit your own experiences because now you're just trying to, Fuck. Yeah. Which, (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that. There's always something wrong with it. If you're doing it using that person
0: as masturbation, and I say this very specifically without their consent, because there are turn on situations where a person does want to be used in that way. And that turns them on Mm -hmm. fine. If you have consensual sex of any kind, love it. But if you're going into it and most cases, heterosexual situations, that This is the case. You're going into it, not caring about what she likes, not focused on anything except how to get yours. Mm-hmm. That, to me, yeah. is non-consensual masturbation with a person.
1: Yes, You're yeah. just
0: using their body for that. Go get a flashlight and get out of my face.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that makes me sad, and it happens too often. Me and my friends, we're pretty candid about when we talk about sex, we always get excited. <laughs> it's like, okay, girl, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that was pleasurable for you. But I love having these type of conversations because, number one, it's a safe space, right? And number two, I think it normalizes. Like, it's not a taboo thing. Not in our big age. Not at this point. And people have different experiences, obviously. But I think even through those type of conversations, one might say, Oh, I might want to try. I might want to try yeah. that. So I, I just think people should talk more. They should talk
0: more. It. Work through yourself and your relationship mm-hmm. to your own body, to you, to sex for yourself. Hopefully out of that, you'll start to bridge the necessary conversations with whoever your partners are. Yeah. Because I believe yeah. that even in your, it doesn't even have to be your monogamous relationship. It could be your casual sex encounter. It does not have to be bang, peace out. Right. I got nothing out of this. Right. Because those are empty too. Those are empty too. You can make casual encounters a pleasurable experience. And I think two things, as you get older, there's a boldness about you that's not going to tolerate certain things. So you're more vocal by default. But when you add that to the knowledge of your body, what you like, what you don't like, exploring your pleasure, then you're just unstoppable. And I think that's what scares men because God forbid they can't do
1: it. (laughs) God forbid. I mean, I'm of the thought process that the woman should lead in the bedroom because we're more complex in that mm-hmm. way. So I was like, I mean, sit back for a little bit. I mean, and then, you know, you can follow my lead because I'm the one that has to get revved up. Right. Like I could touch your forehead and he <laughs> might get hard. Oh, so.
0: So he was already that way when you walked in the door. Period. <laughs> in most cases, he just happened to be here. Sit back and learn. But you can. You only have that confidence when you have explored yourself. I agree.
1: I agree. Now, would you say that do you build confidence through having more than one sexual experience or person that you've had sex with? Or can you build that confidence with one person? I don't know if that question makes sense.
0: I know what you're saying. I don't build confidence through sex, period. Fair. Um, but... I, again, I'm a person who's in her body. So any sexual confidence that I have comes from my knowing of what I like. Okay. If that person can't do it, but they're willing to learn it, then we it's, uh, it's only up from here because I mm-hmm. am going to discover new things with a partner that I might mm-hmm. not be able to discover the same way by myself. Okay. And, and I think because of what Dr. Murashi Mar- said, for women, he thinks it's 98% mental, our orgasms. And for men, it's 5%. Eh, yes and no, I would say. Mm-hmm. He's a man, so he would know better than me. But I think what surprises men is maybe in the beginning or maybe they're more readily available with 5% or less. But as time goes and as they have a deeper experience in relationship, it becomes more and more mental for them too. Yeah. And so in that way, you definitely do grow together in what you're discovering about your body through someone else. Because I firmly believe, like one of the things he talks about as well is telling even men, because a lot of his modalities in his work, you know, we'll get to one of his modalities. But a lot of his work is about male orgasm as well. It's not just female orgasms, male orgasms as well. And he's like, hey guys, use a butt plug or let your partner... Mm -hmm put a finger in your butt and they come back to him they're like at first they're apprehensive because they're like what no what are you talking about and then they do it and they're like i have never experienced anything like that that's the kind of stuff that he's less likely to do it by himself yeah and with a partner he can go to those places Mm. and test these things out and be levitating baby
1: yeah yeah (laughs)
0: levitating (laughs) hi (laughs) i think heterosexual men are very limited yeah they be rapping about stuff but they just they be missionary and doggy style and we
1: call i'm in here good they are i really
0: do feel like they're mostly vanilla yes and then because our pleasure requires a bit more bells and whistles to them it's a it feels like too much god forbid it challenge their sexuality they're so
1: they're they're in chains (laughs) Yes. If we really want to talk about it, because truly we're all victims of patriarchy, Mm -hmm. but it's women that are fighting against it every single day. Right. So, yeah, like even I've said this for the longest. I think future is straight up vanilla. I don't look at this man and say, yeah, I know he be putting it down. No, he don't. Who be putting it down is the girl, (laughs) I think. And he just sitting back chilling.
0: You're just putting up numbers and coming a lot.
1: A lot. With no real experience, just having sex just to have it because you, ac- you have access yeah. to it. Yeah,
0: and if that's your thing- Like, do you get tired? If that Apparently not. If that's your thing, by all means, go for yeah. it. But-
1: Yeah, just be safe out
0: here. What? Jill Scott, that's my girl. She talks about this quite a bit. Y'all just, y'all just busting nuts. Like, yes. <laughs> y'all not really yes. out here- in a deeply pleasurable experience. We talk about it from no. a women's perspective, but men can have deep pleasure that they have not allowed themselves to experience.
1: Yes, I agree with you.
0: They're in shackles. Them, hetero, them heteros, man. I'm Y'all need therapy. I want better for you guys. I want better for y'all. I want better for women, first and foremost, so y'all can come
1: second. First but, and foremost. <laughs> but... Because at the end of the day.
0: (laughs) Because if you're out here in shackles and you're not wanting me to be free, then you can kiss my ass.
1: (laughs) Move around. Because we're not doing that over here, especially at my big age. Are you serious? Get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) Expedition. It should
0: always be a point of discovery. And I, I just think what Dr. Marashi is doing is the Lord's work.
1: I think it's dope. So
0: speaking of pleasure, this is a bit of a one and a half episode. Because Private Parts Unknown, Courtney Kozak went on a trip to Tokyo and in a separate podcast episode, she talks about that trip where she <laughs> hired a male yeah. prostitute per one of her guests that she was interviewing that dared her and her friend, dared them to hire a male prostitute for an erotic massage. Well, hi, okay, I'll just Girl. tell me your thoughts as you were listening to that podcast.
1: As I was listening to it, I'm like, she gotta be single, and I love that for her. And then she talked more. She said she had to hit up her boyfriend. I said, Hold up, uh, hold the fucking king. <laughs> that is that's a good man, Savannah. <laughs> like, I said, Wow, okay. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. For me, I don't know. Not not the the uh you know, booking the person for that experience. I don't know how I would feel in a relationship because I'm monogamous. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's a different story for a different day. So, listener, she hired
0: this Japanese prostitute. When well, we say prostitute, there was no penetration. They're not allowed to have penetrative mm-hmm. sex, but they are allowed to titillate you in every other way. Licking, sucking, vibrators, things like that. Erotic massage. Yes. Um, they start out with a bath or a shower, clean things up, and there's massage from there and have a whole bag of goodies, meaning sex toys Mm -hmm. and Courtney Kozak the host talks about how she didn't fully come to orgasm she didn't come but she was in the clouds all the way until she flew all the way back home to LA to jump her boyfriend's bones so that's (laughs) the part of the story that we're talking about and I think that this is what I love that she touches on in the telling of that story is how much agency she felt she had as a woman to participate in purchasing pleasure in the way that men have been doing for centuries. Yes. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I took a note of that because she said, like, women don't have the same sexual purchasing power like men, and I never connected that in that way. Damn it, it always goes back to patriarchy. It always
0: goes back to patriarchy. We're the ones that are used for men to purchase. We are not Mm -hmm. meant to purchase experiences where you can be the center of this person's uh, sexual attention and what i'm loving is i'm seeing more and more in the media where that's becoming a part of the conversation emma thompson did a movie was it a film or a or series i can't remember the name of it but she was in a program where she's an older woman menopausal and she's basically getting her group back with this male prostitute this young guy and she's experiencing things she's literally never experienced before. And it's awkward. It's uncomfortable in a lot of ways. It's extremely deep in, in mm. the examination of female pleasure, but specifically female pleasure at a certain age. And I, I just think, I, I will put it in the show notes, I think, because I think it's a good story of acceptance of female pleasure and i love that emma thompson did that like she's nude in this program and Mm -hmm. i just thought it was such a beautiful idea and this the tokyo experience that courtney kozak had reminded me of that even though courtney is not a middle-aged woman it's just thinking about our pleasure and the access to pleasurable experiences i think is quite revolutionary for women yeah i agree yeah.
1: Who is it that's... Is it Cher who's dating or with Amber Rose's ex? I have no idea. She, uh, I don't I'm, know what Cher doing. I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> is it Cher? Because the only reason why I bring up that example, because I believe he is rocking her world. Uh,
0: let's think about that the opposite yes, way, honey.
1: Is. Let's think about this the opposite way. Or she. That's She's what probably I mean. rocking yeah, his yeah.
0: world. Because let's... This right, is actually yeah. a good segue. Let's segue to Cleavanna. So Cleavanna. Dr. Murashi talked about Cleovana, this modality, which is a, an ultrasound, no, sorry, not ultrasound, a, an ultrasonic treatment designed mm-hmm. to regenerate collagen in the vagina. So use the sound waves to regenerate the mm-hmm. tissues, bring blood flow into the vagina so that you can have more pleasurable sex, more powerful orgasms, enhance your experience. He brings this up when talking about menopausal women mostly and people who are having some sort of sexual dysfunction. But I will say that Courtney Kozak had this done a few times because she had thyroid issues and she's not a middle-aged person. Mm -hmm. Cleavana sounds like truly a
1: miracle. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I will be Googling. Yeah,
0: like to the point where it's like the moment he said anybody can have this because orgasms can always be better. I was like where's the nearest practitioner? (laughs)
1: 1-800 calling the number. (laughs) Where is
0: the nearest practitioner? Yes.
1: My God, because the
0: way they describe, I I mean, it's obviously for scientific purposes. And I think most of his people are menopausal women dealing with dryness, helping with vaginal moisture, helping with pain with sex, women with endometriosis, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But he also has a, a patient who was 32 years old, and she's just like going every six months to get the pro- the procedure. I say procedure; it's really just as if you went in for ultrasound, except it's the sonic. Uh, it's you know going up there, yeah. and you have the treatment, and you might have an
1: orgasm on the table, honey. On the <laughs> table. So where is the number? <laughs> that must be soundproof yes. because that's crazy. But but um, where the
0: passion lies. Well, I, I felt really endeared to him because he's like some of these women they've never had an orgasm before and I'm yes. like he sounds genuinely yes. like an yes. advocate for women to experience this
1: he loves his work you can tell you can tell fully I appreciated this conversation even more because it's about older mm-hmm. women And I think, not I think, people have a false perception. And it could be changing now that people in their older age are not having sex. And that's just not the case. They don't stop being a person. And in fact, apparently the sex drive gets even Mm -hmm. higher as you age. I mean, hey, (laughs) do what you got to do safely, of course. Speaking of safely, Um, remember the part where he talked about like some
0: of his patients after they go through these procedures to help with menopause, they start getting in trouble. (laughs)
1: Yes. 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 I thought that was
0: hilarious. He was like, you know, just use a condom, guys. Like they're getting syphilis, (laughs) chlamydia, gonorrhea. It's like, God dang.
1: Well, they say hunching like bunnies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Going in. But I am a huge fan of elderly people getting it popping. Because it's such a thing of I want to know that there's continued life.
1: I don't yes. want to believe that you just die. Being old and feeble and just sitting in a rocking right. chair. No, I'm 32. By 40, I'm getting close. What is it called? Listen, I might, I might look into it this year.
0: What's my word? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> On the train. <laughs> I'll keep
0: it posted.
1: <laughs> and we'll report back oh, to the listener. <laughs> Wait, we're not going to Japan next year. (laughs) No, no,
0: not Japan. But Cleavana is, it's a modality that not just he has. I think if you look it up, you can probably find other practitioners. But I just, I love presenting female pleasure at any age. We all, we seem to, society seems to equate pleasure with youth. And I'm like, not sexual beings from life till death, whatever age that is what that is. Some people aren't sexual in that way. That's fine. But right. I love knowing that people are in their nursing
1: homes, getting it in. <laughs> that makes me so happy. No teeth and all, but just getting it. it in. <laughs> me walking back to the room. Did I leave my dinner? Right it was good to it was see so you. Nice
0: to see you. See you at dinner. <laughs> see you at lunch.
1: <laughs> They're having a chessboard game tonight. You coming? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so oh, hilarious. I, I love knowing
0: that. And the way he yes. presented menopause, he was like, menopause is a good time, a period in a woman's life. And I love that spin on it. And I love, mm-hmm. even though social media is the devil, I do like that it's opening up those kinds of conversations around menopause and stuff like that, because it's not something anybody ever talks about. And I'm, I am w- I think people should. I love hearing about it, what's to come. Even though everybody's different, there's ways around it. You don't have to go through this particular experience. There's hormone therapy. There's Cleovana. There's all yeah. of these things yeah. that like, by the time I get there, honey, ain't nothing going to stop. No yeah, show.
1: Sure. I love that you said you don't have to. I think people... Women in particular easily forget that they don't have to live this way, right? Like they don't have to not experience pleasure. They can certainly seek that. It's just finding your way through knowing what your autonomy and agency is. And a a big part of that is maybe going to therapy because, you know, there are sexual traumas and things like that. A lot of things to consider when it comes to people's relationships with sex and pleasure and all of that, but you could very well have it.
0: You can have it
1: at any point in your life.
0: At every point in your life, and mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Cleavanna for everyone. Sponsor us, Cleavanna. Let us know. Okay. <laughs> um, but I love Dr. Marashi's work. I love the idea that he focuses in on orgasms, doing the Lord's work with women, with dealing with genital mutilation, and just prioritizing our pleasure, I love what he's doing. We didn't really talk about his work with endometriosis. So I'll just say mm-hmm. a small bit on that um, oh for God. our listeners who might be black women, especially. So he does work with endometriosis. He also does say that sex generally is important for everybody. Don't go long periods of time without having sex. So it can cause all kinds of problems not having sex. He does say that, which I did know that, but hearing a doctor say it was validating. listen same (laughs) I knew that from personal experience but hearing a doctor say it was very validating but it's important for everybody to be having sex to be having orgasms he says that orgasms are the most one of the most crucial part of our lives so let go Mm. ladies but in particular for endometriosis which is an inflammatory disease where uterine like tissue grows outside of the uterus I did not know that's what endometriosis was, but that's what it is. And that's what he works with. There's no cure for it. it. It can always come back. Some are more aggressive than others, but he does talk about some things that you can do to help manage or to lessen the effects. Some of that includes CBD on the cervix, which I thought mm-hmm. Mary Jane is out here saving lives, guys. She really She's is. out here mm-hmm. doing what she needs to do. And I don't remember if he said that Cleavana is also used with endometriosis, but I think it might, he might have said that with regard to making sex less painful. Yeah. But it's worth noting that black women are 50% less likely to be diagnosed with endometriosis compared to white women waiting mm. eight to 12 years before official diagnosis. I personally am sick of hearing things like this, of us always being disproportionately affected by things. It's important for you guys, if you're feeling any of the symptoms that I'm going to list below, and it's been chronic and it's been ever since you started your period, endometriosis can last from the first day of your cycle when you first start your period to the day you go through menopause. It can last that long and going through the pain and all of the issues associated with it we are disproportionately affected as black women so if you're experiencing any of these issues definitely see a doctor have a friend there with you to help translate or understand what the doctor is saying the only way to diagnose endometriosis is with a laparoscopy so did i say that right mm-hmm. i hope so but here are some of the symptoms it's severe pain during periods or sex bloating, nausea, fatigue, depression, anxiety, and difficulty getting pregnant or infertility. Now, the Mm -hmm. thing about those kinds of symptoms is that some of those can be associated with just having your period. So it's a little Mm -hmm. tricky, which is why Black women, you have to be vigilant about the level of experience with these symptoms I know that we're told a lot, oh, this is normal. Oh, you can experience this. You can experience that. I would challenge that if things are painful where you're throwing up and you're doing, it's not normal. I don't care what anybody says. And if a doctor Mm -hmm. continues to tell you that something is normal, demand a laparoscopy
1: or go to another
0: doctor to to try to understand. I personally don't believe that those things are normal. There's more going on there.
1: That was a moment
0: let's quickly go through our new segment where Brittany and i share our favorite moments on the podcast that we are discussing a moment in pod yeah Brittany, you
1: up first this has literally nothing to do with the podcast it was on the podcast but it was a an Mm -hmm. ad it was for a toy i think sex toy and she literally said get your squirt on and i holla (laughs) so that was my moment in the pod that was absolutely hilarious (laughs) That's gonna be my my moment in the pot. Yeah. <laughs> that part literally, I like mouth wide open catch. Yes. Yeah.
0: Let me think. There were so many good moments.
1: It really was.
0: I'm just gonna say it's hearing Dr. Murashi talk about how Cleavana gets into every nook and cranny of the clitoris.
1: I was like, I just know. <laughs> you gotta book a consultation, sis. That man said nook and cranny. <laughs>
0: So, I, I would say oh that was gosh. one of my favorite parts, it made me super curious. But overall, we're kikiing, we're proponents of pleasure, we're sex positive. Yes. But this was an educational podcast. It wasn't just about sexual pleasure, it prioritizes Absolutely. that in the conversation, but it wasn't just about that. We learned a lot.
1: We sure did. We learned a
0: lot. And we encourage the rest of you to go look up the anatomy, study the anatomy, talk to a clitoris owner yourself. about experiencing the anatomy yes. yes and um get out in these streets and do what needs to be done get the work done that's the
1: revolution and you, <laughs> yes and you will be what higher <laughs> everybody yes literally everybody everybody i love this this yeah. is good
0: so i declare this meeting of pod club
1: closed
0: Whether you are sex neg, sex positive or sex nooch, check out this episode of Private Parts Unknown, The Vagina Whisperer. The more people
1: learning about the clitoris, the better. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you rate and subscribe to Pod Club on Apple, Spotify and Audible. Five star reviews only, y'all play.
0: email us at podclub.podcast at gmail or send a voicemail to 832-919-8075 to give your take on topics discussed or to suggest some podcasts for us to listen to
1: and don't forget the socials we are podclub.podcast everywhere
0: that is all for this week have fun playing kids tune in tuesday love you mean it bye